My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today. I have a very exciting guest coming on the show today. The guest I'm bringing on, Katie Brinkley. She's a consultant, marketing coach, and speaker. She's also the founder and social media strategist at Next Step Social Communications. Katie has been helping small business owners, entrepreneurs, and real estate agents with their social media for over 19 years. She's also the host of the Rocky Mountain Pod. Rocky Mountain Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thanks so much for jumping on. How's it going? Uh, Things are going good. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's a privilege to have you on today. So, you know, before we dive into any of our hot topics, why don't we just take it back and maybe I know that I gave you a short introduction. So maybe if you could fill in those gaps and tell us a bit of your story as to how you got to where you are today, we can start there and um, take it from there. Awesome. That sounds great. And, you know, like I said, uh, before we we hit record here, thanks again for having me. It's, uh, it's always fun to, to talk, you know, on podcasts and, and share stories and, and learn from one another. And um, I mean, like, like you said, I, I'm the founder of Next Step Social Communications, but I never expected to be an entrepreneur or even work in social media. Um, I'm, I'm a geriatric millennial, um, which is a, a, a rare term, uh, but I guess that what's, you know, people that were born between 1978 and 1985 are, are termed geriatric millennials, which means we grew up alongside of the evolution of the internet. So, I mean, I still remember typing DOS commands into my computer and playing lemmings and AOL instant messenger. Uh, I remember all those days and, you know, the, the times of cell phones coming out. So being a social media person, uh, is, it was something I didn't really grow up being like, Oh, someday I want to own a social media agency. So I, I went to school to become a journalist and I wanted to be a radio journalist. I wanted to be a sports reporter, um, for radio. And one of the, the jobs, I got a job at the college radio station. And one of the jobs there was to get bands to send you their music for free. Um, so we were writing these handwritten letters uh, on manila envelopes with another manila envelope on the inside saying like, hey, will you send us some some music? This is our radio station and took forever. It, I mean, like it took forever, one, for the, the, to go out, for, to find out if you were going to actually get anything back. Some Most times you wouldn't even hear anything. Right. And so I was like, there has to be a better way. Well, there was this new tool, this new website that came out. It was called MySpace. And so I went, I went all in on MySpace. I, uh, for those that don't remember either, but the time of the top eight, my, you know, Tom was everyone's very first social media friend. Um, and the Facebook was only for colleges and universities. And, uh, my, you know, little division two school in Durango, Colorado, just for some reason, I guess, wasn't cool enough to be on the Facebook. So I was all in on MySpace and it was a great spot though, for bands and musicians. And so, uh, I was like, well, what about if I just try and reach out to bands on MySpace and get them to send us their music? And all of a sudden I was getting all this music sent into the station. I was 
bringing, I was getting merchandise, like band merchandise sent into the station. I was having on-air interviews with these different bands. And the station manager said to me like, geez, Katie, how are you bringing all this music in? I was like, I'm just MySpace. And I, I quickly learned what an incredible tool social media can be when you, when you go in with a strategy, when you go in with intention. Um, but I mean, I, I, you know, the being the, doing that for a job still really wasn't a, ex, in existence yet. So I graduated from college. Uh, I got, I actually landed my dream job. I was the post game reporter for the Denver Broncos and Colorado Rockies here in Denver. I loved what I did. Um, and you know, long story, I guess, longer or shorter. Um, I, I ended up moving into marketing and I was the marketing manager for the Colorado Rockies television station. Uh, and then about six years ago, I started my marketing at my social media agency. Um, and it's, it's been a whirlwind, but everything that I've done in the past has kind of led up to this point. I've always had a strong passion for social media and, and doing it effectively and efficiently because we don't have, there's no reason that we should be spending all day on social media, liking posts and scrolling feeds. Um, but there it, it is just as important for your business now as having a website, being on some social media platform of some kind, it is just as important as having a website. So um, how can you maximize your, your reach and your awareness and still grow your business? I love it. Incredible. And you mentioned MySpace and wow, <laughs> I remember MySpace. <laughs> this is great. So tell us a little bit about, you know, exactly where you're at today within the business, maybe how you deliver your services. Yeah. So, uh, and next up social, we offer done for you social media. So, you know, like I said before, a lot of people don't want to spend, uh, any time on social media. They want to focus on growing their business. So we take care of that for you, whether it's creating posts, um, doing outbound engagement and strategies, um, all of that and looking at data and insights. And then I also offer group coaching for people that want to do it themselves that have a team, maybe, um, an assistant that needs to know how to manage their social media effectively and efficiently. I, I teach entrepreneurs and their teams, how to do their own social media. I think that one of the biggest things, like I said before, is um, showing up online as a business owner is very different than showing up as a content creator. It can get very confusing now seeing all these people on you know, Instagram or TikTok saying like, oh, well, all you got to do is post like three TikToks a day and then you'll get to 100,000 followers or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, really, who has time for that? So how can you show up a few times a week, grow, grow your following, and more importantly, grow your leads? and get those, that traffic and sales, but only show up three times a week because every time you post, it's the right post for the right audience at the right time. So that's what I teach. I love it. Yeah. And having that conversion with sales by, by showing up only three times a week, opposed to doing three TikToks a day or three stories a day or whatever it might be that we're all told to do, right? Who has time for that? You know? Yeah, exactly. So tell me a little bit about, you know, we're, we're discussing right before we jumped on the interview, you know, the unexpected entrepreneur. If you want to dive in a little bit deeper as to, you know, what that means, and I, I'm sure there's a lot of value to add to myself and my listeners on that topic. Yeah, like I was saying before, I, 
I planned on being a journalist. I, I, I really did land my dream job right out of college. And, uh, if, if it wasn't for all of the, the jobs that I had, but leading up to, you know, the six years ago, I wouldn't be an entrepreneur. Uh, I, so I, I worked in radio and then this thing, Sirius XM came out and everyone in the radio industry, uh, was like, it's the end of radio. Um, and so I was one of those people and that's why I moved into marketing and by going in that marketing position, I was able to do media buys, script writing, which is something I also did at the radio station. Uh, I was handled the social media and I got to learn a lot about corporate marketing, corporate growth. Um, and I had a great boss. So I really was never planning on leaving. I mean, I, I would go and sit literally right behind home plate at Rockies games on my lunch break. I mean, it was, it was great. I loved what I did. And, um, if it wasn't for a merger, I probably never would have started my own business ever. And, uh, my company got merged with a larger company and I was just a, a, a title and they, they saw the title and they're like, well, we don't need that. So I was, my position was eliminated. And I remember sitting in my, uh, off my boss's office and she said, was Katie, you're, you're so good at social media and what you've done for the station, uh, you know, social media accounts has just been awesome. I would love to see you find a way that like where social media is all that you do. And even six years ago, there wasn't a a ton of like, well, good paying social media jobs out there. So I was like, I don't want an entry-level job doing social media and like past that with my career. So what now? Um, And at that time I found out I was pregnant with my second child. So I was like, well, now who's going to want to hire me (laughs) with the fact that I'm uh, now going to be having a baby in in the next, you know, nine months from now. And so um, I said to my husband, I was like, well, what if I, what if I just try to see if I can do this social media thing until the baby's born. And by the time uh, my daughter was born, I was already making more money working less hours with my agency. And I was like, this is actually something that I could do. And I took that, I, we sat down and I said, well, what do you think? And he's like, I think you should keep on going, give it a shot, see where it goes. And it's, it's been six years. It started as, you know, a side hustle with me sitting on my couch, working in between nap times. And, um, ap- after my kids went to bed and now I have an agency with six employees and it's, it's been the, one of the biggest things that I would recommend people from my story is, uh, be willing to take that leap of faith in yourself. If you're not, if you're unsure about being an entrepreneur, because it can be scary, like, oh gosh, what, how am I going to make money? But if you believe in yourself and what you're passionate about, you're going to find the right clients and the right clients are going to find you. So find, give it a shot and, and start and hire out an assistant, because that was one of the biggest mistakes that I made was not hiring someone sooner. The second that I hired my assistant, everything for my business changed because then I could spend, I had no idea how much time I was spending on some tasks. And once I hired my assistant, everything changed. Absolutely. So yeah, mentioning outsourcing, you know, and delegating. I hear this often and it's, you know, as an entrepreneur, we like to, you know, do it all ourselves and no one can do it better than us, that kind of thing. However, um, 
like you mentioned, you, you don't realize how much time you're spending on stuff that someone else could do faster, maybe even better than you. And you can focus on what really matters within the business on the things that you need to cover. So tell me, you know, tell me a little bit about how that shifted everything once you started to outsource, whether that was with scaling or the growth of the business. Tell me a bit, bit deeper about that if you're open to it. Yeah. So like I said, I had no idea how much time I was spending on certain tasks. And so I had a business coach and they suggested like, just track every single thing that you're doing. Uh, Toggle is a free tool, T-O-G-G-L. And I was actually tracking like, okay, 15 minutes on email, you know, you know, 27 minutes on scheduling content, you know, 14, whatever. And I tracked every single thing for every single client. And once I did that, like you said earlier in the introduction, like I have my podcast and I was thinking like, yeah, it's an hour a week. Cause that's how long it takes me. You know, I block in my calendar to do the podcast. Well, I mean, I wasn't equating in edit at the time I was editing the podcast. I was doing the show notes. I was uploading it. I was then adding it to the website and I was finding guests to come on the show. And I was doing research. I mean, that took, when I looked at it, it was taking me about five hours a week to do my podcast. And I was like, whoa, that's, that's five hours a week. So that was one of the first things I delegated. All of a sudden now I have five hours that I can spend doing lead gen. I have five hours I can spend, you know, trying asking my current clients if there's another service that I can offer them, you know, and and that was one of the biggest differences track the time of, because I guarantee you, you're not giving yourself enough time to complete the tasks. So track how long it's taking you to do everything. And and once you do that, it's going to make a world of difference. You're going to be able to really, really uh, scale your business. And you have to figure out how much is your time worth? Is it, is it worth the hourly rate of you spending five hours editing a podcast? Cause if you could close, you know, two clients in, in that amount of time on sales calls and lead gen, that's way better ROI than you sitting around, you know, on garage band editing a podcast. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, just start with a a VA or start with an assistant, and it makes a world of difference. And then you're able to focus on things that you really need to focus on that you should be covering, opposed to these other tasks that someone else could actually cover. You know, so that's huge. Now, tell us a little bit about you know your intentions behind the the podcast and where it's at today. Yeah. So I started the podcast in April of 2020 when all of us were given the gift of time. And uh, so I was recording it from my basement at home and I haven't stopped. I have pushed out a new episode every single week ever since. Um, And actually now in 2023, I started doing two a week. So it started as a way for me to get to know other Denver business owners, because we were all under quarantine and I wanted to still do some networking. I was still trying to grow my business. So I started by interviewing Denver business owners. And, uh, then in 2021, the world started to kind of open up again. And I wanted to have conversations with other industry peers. So I was doing kind of half and half a Denver business owner two Denver business owners, and then two marketing professionals. And now it's at the point where I interview one Denver-based business owner a week and the rest are uh, marketing professionals so that I can have those high-level conversations with them, get to know them and bring value to my audience on how to evolve their marketing. And then I have these 
micro episodes. I call them my quick casts where um, they come out every Thursday and they're about you know six to 12 minutes in length, but just a short little podcast where it's just me uh, giving a tip or talking about the latest social media trends. I love it. Amazing. Now tell me about how you get these, these, the correct fit guests onto your show. Do you reach out to them or do do they reach out to you? How does that work? What's that process like? Uh, I, I get a lot of guests that re- uh, reach out to me. Um, but one of my favorite tools is podmatch.com. And um, so I use it's if I, I love podmatch. I've been using it forever. Um, and I even, you know, have signed up for their pod lottery system. It's, it's a great tool to find guests and to find, uh, hosts. If so, if you're a guest and you want more opportunities, I can't recommend Podmatch enough. Yeah, I agree. I love Podmatch too. It's amazing. And you can choose a theme and it, yep. you know, you attract the right people on there. So that's, that's awesome. Now tell me a little bit about if you've had any challenges within the podcast that might be relatable to, you know, our listeners as well, that might be starting up with a podcast and, you know, there are some challenges and how did you overcome them? If you had any, I'm not sure. One of the things that I can't recommend enough is having a workflow. So for me, like I'm always like six to eight weeks out with my podcast and I, I limit myself to when during the pandemic, I was sometimes I was recording like 12 episodes a week, which is ridiculous. Um, so really batch out your, your, your workflow and, you know, start with, okay, I'm going to reach out to these three guests to come on the show on Podmatch, And then from there, I'm, these are the topics that I want to talk about. And from there you take it into, okay, where it's recorded. Now it's gone off to the editor. So always be a couple weeks ahead because then it allows you the flexibility to, if something breaking happens and let's say, you know, uh, I I don't know, let's say Instagram, they just decide to shut it down. And somehow you already have an interview with the founder of Instagram coming up on your show. You can move things around and bump up his episode to be in like current. So you can always move things around and you have more flexibility when you have topics that are upcoming, like in the bank and you can move things to where it might be. Hey, everyone's talking about Twitter. I should really bring on that person that we talked about Twitter. I know he's not scheduled to come out till June, but let's bump it up a couple weeks because it's really relevant. So batch your content. And I think that, um, that's going to help save your sanity and you're now, it's going to help you remain consistent. You have options then, right? So I agree Mm -hmm. with that a hundred percent. So tell me a little bit about, you know, monetization within the podcast. Do you do anything to monetize your podcast? There's a number of ways that you can. I mean, so for mine, a lot of it is, uh, it started with lead gen. A lot of the people that would come on my show turned into clients because it was that interview. Like the interview was me, me getting to know them and what their business was, them getting to know a little bit about me and how social media could work for their business. And a lot of them did turn into clients as the podcast has evolved. And I've had more marketing conversations on it. Uh, now I have sponsors, so I'll have people sponsor a pre-roll or post-roll or mid-roll, depending, you know, on, on what different packages that they have. And when you have these, these sponsors, you can do lifetime sponsorship where you burn it into the actual episode, or you can just do monthly sponsorships. I had a, a sponsor that all they wanted was one month because they were doing a big event here in Denver. And so they wanted to make sure that we want the pre-roll for an entire month where you talk about what we're offering 
And it was a, a win-win for, for both of us. Absolutely. There's so many different ways to go about monetization. I mean, I, the interviews and the sponsorship and, and what would you say you, you, you prefer? You know, it, for me now, um, the, the sponsorships are great, uh, because I'm doing the podcast anyways. Um, so it's great to be paid for them. And, um, right. now I'm, I'm having, I'm having way more conversations uh, that are about marketing with different industry peers than I am with potential leads. And so if I wanted to go back to that, that lead generation of interviewing more entrepreneurs, then absolutely. Um, you know, I wouldn't care about the sponsorships because I'm trying to get the, my guests to, to become clients. But right now, since I'm only having one a month, they're not all converting into it's 12 a year, you know, they're not all converting into sales. Right. Right. Absolutely. I love it. So tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, within the agency and, and, and your client acquisition, uh, your clients and stuff like that, has there been a core theme of challenges that you overcome when converting these clients that might be relatable to other people listening as to a common thing, theme of challenges or objections that you have to overcome as well? Uh, I can't stress enough the follow-up. You absolutely should be following up with your guest. Like if you're trying to, even if you're not trying to get them to be leads, like following up and staying in touch with your guests or the podcast that you guest on is everything. And I mean, like I have an entire, it's, I say it's ERM, but it really, it's a Google, a Google sheet. Um, and it says like who, you know, what show I was on, who the host name was, when did it come out? Here's a link to it so that I can then follow up with them later and say, Hey, thanks again for having me on your show. Or if you're a guest and you're send them, sending them the assets, especially if it comes out eight weeks after you recorded it, Hey, here it is. How are things going with you? Here's your assets. It kind of helps you stay top of mind. And these relationships that you're building with the podcast guest or host is, is amazing. They're, you're growing your network and you have the opportunity to sit down and have a great conversation with someone for th- 30 plus minutes, absolutely continue nurturing that relationship, not necessarily for sales, but for networking, for business mm-hmm. partners, for friends. I mean, the, the list goes on. So don't just be like, thanks, bye. After you're done um, with, with the show, uh, you know, I mean, keep up with them. Like if you haven't heard from them in a few weeks, send them an email, like, Hey, I just saw that, you know, I've listened to our podcast again. It was such a great episode. Thanks again for having me. How are things going for you? Is there, are there any guests that you would like me to introduce you to? Are you looking for more guests or whatever? Right. The fortune is definitely in the follow-up hundred percent. Yeah. And I agree. Like, don't just have them on or go on the show. And then like you mentioned, bye. <laughs> See you later. I, that's just not a way. I mean, because then it's going to be like a snowball effect. If you continue to n- nurture that uh, relationship, you're going to get referrals. You're going to get, you know, in touch with other people who knows, right? So mm-hmm. absolutely. So I know we're getting close to the end of the episode here, but I did want to see what your biggest focus and desire is for the next six to 12 months from now, whether that's with the podcast or the business. Yeah. So I'm launching a, a group coaching program. That's really my focus. Like in, in 20, uh, up until this year, I've done, we offered done for you and then one-on-one coaching and we're, we're just a capacity right now. So that's why we've switched to a group coaching format. And 
um, just getting that the the group formed for that and getting it launched off the ground has been it's been a lot of work, but it's been really exciting to see the the different ways that I can help serve uh, my audience. And so that's really my my big goal for twenty twenty three is to to shift the business model a little bit more. Love it. Well, this is also exciting. And Kitty, this has been incredible having you on today to share all this valuable knowledge, talk about the business, talk about social media and the podcast. Um, It added a lot of value to myself and my listeners as well. So that's exactly what I'm looking for. Um, You know, if anyone's looking to connect with you, what would be the best way to go ahead and reach out? Yeah, connect with me over on Instagram. And that's where I, I spend a lot of time. You can find me at I am Katie Brinkley. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Katie. Thanks for having me. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe if you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like Katie Brinkley did today to talk about your business, talk about what's going on with the podcast and a bit of your story. Please go to top100interview.com. I'd love to have you on as well. Thanks, Katie. Bye, guys. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.